0: Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. I um, want to encourage you guys, let's go ahead and get our Bibles out today. And um, you can use your phone or tablet uh, if you want to, if you didn't bring a Bible and uh, use a Bible app if you want to. Uh, but uh, we are going to uh, go ahead and get our Bibles out. and I want you to turn to the book of Genesis chapter one. And uh, I'll tell you guys what verse we're going to uh, dive into in just a second, but I um, wanted to uh, do a couple of housekeeping things as we uh, get going this morning. So first of all, I wanted to introduce myself. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here at Impact. and. Um, man, we are just, we're a new church, uh, less than two years old, and so grateful that you guys are a part of this movement of the gospel, uh, not just in Fredericksburg, but throughout Northern Virginia, the D.C. area, and ultimately every nation on planet Earth is uh, is what we want to do, and so uh, so thankful for you guys to be a part. You may have noticed some response cards on your chairs. I want to encourage you guys to get those out. Those are the cards. It has some announcements on one side that has a blue tear-off card, uh, and we want to encourage you guys man, please fill that card out. That card is not just for new people. I know some churches you go to, it's like the new person card and you don't really want to get spammed with email, so you don't fill it out. But we all fill that card out every single week, whether it's your first time with us or your 50th time. And, uh, and what it does, is it helps us see um, one, how we can pray for you so that our prayer team this week can really pray for you, um, but also it helps us, uh, there's some boxes on the back you can mark that help us see what your next steps might be so we can help uh, make sure that uh, you are following Jesus and we can help you out with any decisions you may make today, all right? Um, so there's that, and we are so, uh be so grateful if you guys would take that, and you can drop it off at our giving station in the big brown box uh, on your way out today, all right? Uh, a couple of things I want to say just as we get started this morning. First of all, uh, man, last week was so awesome. We celebrated Mother's Day, and I just wanted to give a big shout out to all of our serve teams and um, our staff and everyone who made that such a special day. Uh, Can we just give them a hand and some thanksgiving? And It was really awesome. If you weren't with us, uh, we had worship service and then uh, it's not easy, all right? It's not easy like being a church that has worship service and then has to pack everything up and totally transform a building and then uh, go back outside and put on a cookout and a picnic for everyone and, um, and then all the details that go into that. So it's not always easy, right? Um, so I just want to uh, just Remind us, man, there's some great people uh, that serve in our church. And I was really excited too, just about uh, everyone, especially at the end, who sticks around and helps uh, clean up and put things away and all of that. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for a great Mother's Day. And I particularly just give a shout out to those who had to cook and, uh, you know, were putting their aprons on and, and going out there and flipping burgers and hot dogs and doing their thing. And this is what I love about our church is that we, they didn't skip the service. To go out and cook food so that we could all have a nice, seamless time they worshiped with us. We're a part because that is why we're here and then went out and served extra uh, time. And so I just wanted to call that out and see, man, what an awesome thing that God's doing in our church. So no one asked them to do that, but praise God for that. All right. I um, also want to give a shout out uh, this weekend. We had what we were calling our second annual impact family reunion. And we talked about that last week. And uh, man, it was an incredible And so uh, last year we did the first ever, and it was a little you know everybody's kind of like oh what are we doing exactly and there were people from Fredericksburg and people from Centerville Chantilly area and just kind of getting together it's kind of like an awkward eighth grade dance you know nobody's real sure what we're going to do and uh, and all that kind of stuff but it it was fun and got to know each other and uh, you know we probably last year had about 40 or 50 people there and this year we had almost 100 people at our impact family reunion from uh, representing soon to be four different churches uh, that Impact Church is helping start. And so how amazing is that, right? Yeah, give the Lord some praise. That's amazing. And, uh, and we counted 14 nations represented at the Impact Family Reunion. And so I want to tell you, like when we talk about reaching the nations with the gospel, we're, this isn't something we hope it like it's happening guys it's happening and so i want you to just imagine like i mean it was it was Uh, without a doubt the best food at a family reunion with food from all over the world uh, that's hanging out there. But it was just so cool to look around and see uh, in one family, people who are joined together by our love for Jesus and our belief that we need to make more disciples and plant more churches um, throughout the world. All together, man, we praise God. 14 nations gathered together yesterday. And uh, and not only that, but we also celebrated um, Impact Nova, our mother church, who sent us out to plant us is getting ready to start two more churches that are Arabic speaking and Spanish speaking churches and so uh, in the next 12 months we'll officially have an Impacto Iglesia uh, as part of our network and and so it's just really exciting to see what all God is doing and I know I just make it up every time i Call it something different, and uh, but we're just so excited about what God is doing, and um, and man, I just want to encourage you: we are a part of it, all right. And so uh, soon, what we want to do is we want to be able to raise up people uh, to go out and start more churches, and make more disciples, and and train people to start more community groups that will make more disciples and uh, that's what we are doing and so I wanted to let you know we are a part of something really incredible uh, that's happening and here's the best part of it it ain't about us right? It has nothing to do with Impact Church. It is all about the name of Jesus, like. uh, So we've got some incredible stories to share with you, and I'm hoping uh, that some of our friends uh, from uh, the north will make their way down south, and you'll get a chance to meet some of them uh, throughout the summer. I think they're going to be able to come down and tell us a little bit more about their work, so that's so exciting. Hey, uh, one more thing I want to uh, uh, chat about before we open up God's Word this morning, is I want to say, man, I am so stinking proud of you as a church, and I'm always proud of you and love you so much. And um, and one of the things, like, uh, for the last few months now we've been kind of chatting this year Uh, we announced it back in January but we've kind of been just chatting about it uh, once a month or so as as we go um, about the fact that our church will soon uh, be moving locations for Sunday morning so our Sunday morning soon uh, we won't be meeting here in this building we're going to move locations and that's for a couple of reasons Uh, one is because of space and so you may have noticed, uh, and if you haven't, you can just go around and and, uh, listen in on our kids ministry, Uh, but we are, God is growing this church, and that is an amazing, amazing thing, and so uh, we praise God for the opportunity to start this church here, and, and get going, and we can remember, and um, I know you may look around and go, oh, well, it's kind of a small church, Brandon. But, uh, man, we can uh, remember when it was like 10 or 12 people in a living room uh, that were in this church. And then, uh, you know, maybe 15 people in a, an older church's fellowship hall. And then maybe like 20 people or 15 people here, you know, scattered around this room. And um, and so I, I know, uh, but, man, we are starting to outgrow. And here's the danger is I don't want us to come in because there's sometimes we come in and we go, Man, there was a packed house at church today. Man, this is exciting and good, and we rejoice. We celebrate that, no doubt about it. But the fact is, a packed house here may have like 80 people, and there are 300,000 people within driving distance of where we're at that need the gospel and need Jesus. And so we don't want to get so comfortable that we start thinking our small little unit is all there is, okay? There are more people to reach. And so, um, and so that's part of the heart and the vision behind that, but the other part um, that I wanted to share with you is we uh, got a call a couple of weeks ago letting us know that Cornerstone, who owns this building, is actually selling this building, all right, and they have asked uh, that we uh, be out by the 1st of July, all right, and so I know it's been a thing where it's like, hey, 2023, we're doing it, and we're going to do this maybe around the fall or September, and, um, and so just in mentally move that up to the 1st of July, all right. And, uh, so, but it's fine. It's like mid-May, and so uh, there's nothing you should be concerned about, all right? Um, I'm not worried about it, right? And uh, and so, and, uh, I checked with our pilot, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not worried about it, at least as of around 8 o'clock this morning. He told me he wasn't worried about it. So I think we're going to be okay, all right? So everything's going to be fine. But here, here's the reason I want to share that with you. Um, is uh, Man, number one is I, I, I want to let you know that this is not a setback. This is an opportunity, okay? This is an opportunity for us to continue making more disciples and continue growing as a church in ways that we weren't able to always do in a limited space like this. And so this is not something that um, is like you should look at because if you're new to church planting world and you may look back and go, oh, my gosh, they're losing a building. What are we on earth are we going to do? And the good news is, is we're just going to keep doing what we always do. We're literally going to change nothing. All right. And And so that's what I love about this church. Is it a phone call that says, can you guys be out July 1st? I can go, absolutely. Um, like, what day exactly in July? Just so I know, you know? And, that, and that's it, because uh, we are a church that doesn't offer community groups. We are a church, anybody know? Of community groups, all right? And so, uh, praise God, he has given us millions and tens and millions of dollars worth of buildings called homes that our church already meets in throughout, scattered throughout our city to advance the gospel. And so just know that this move, as we as we move uh, locations on Sunday morning, we are not moving the church, okay? The church is already on the move, all right? Every day when you wake up and go to school or go to your job or go across the street or go to a park, you are the church that is moving, okay? Like we are the church. The building is not the church. So uh, the church is already on the move. We are not moving impact church. Uh, but I want to let you know, man, what a great opportunity Opportunity God has given to us. And to be honest with you, this is my first time to lead through this because the first time we started a church 10 years ago, we stayed where we were for eight years. And it wasn't until COVID uh, kicked us out that we had to figure something else, but we were already just meeting at home, so we just kept doing that. So this is like the first time I've been told, like, you know, other than COVID, like, you can't meet somewhere. And so I was talking to some people and they, some mentors in my life, they started laughing at me. And they were like, are you kidding me? They're like, that's like the least normal church planting story I've ever heard. Like, they were like, every church plant moves. Like, and, uh, and they reminded me of the story. I think it was um, uh, Rick Warren. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. I planted a, a little church out in California uh, called Saddleback Church. A uh, little church, maybe 50,000, 60,000 people. And, uh, and they, the first, like, the first 10 years of their church, they joked, like, we're a really great church if you can find us. Um, because they moved, like, something like 20 times the first 10 years of their church. And, um, and so I was just reminded, this is a very normal process. And so if you're sitting back going, man, what's wrong or what happened? Just know nothing is wrong. Nothing has happened other than God has said it is now time to move. It is time to take the gospel and advance, keep advancing it and keep moving on. So this is growth, right? This is like a a normal, wonderful part of growth. And the last thing I would tell you is that this is really biblical. um, That anytime the church starts to get comfortable in the book of Acts, God moved it. So anytime the church was like, "Oh, I think we figured it out," he was like, "Oh yeah, how about some persecution?" And then boom, the church scattered and left. All right, so praise God, we are not leaving under persecution. Right? Um, that this is not persecution. All right, I, I don't even know if this. I don't even think this is a spiritual warfare. This is just a good gift from God given to us, saying, "I don't want you to get comfortable," and uh, and I want you to continue moving the mission forward. So so because of all that, I'm really excited um, to get a chance to see how God is going to work to see what God is going to do. And, uh, and, and to get a chance to share with you uh, coming up, hopefully in the next week or two, um, what, it, what good things God has for us. But we just want to pray, right? Um, and so here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to get on uh, Google or Zillow or whatever and start, you know, finding places for us to meet, all right? Um, now, you're welcome to, and the Holy Spirit can work through you. And if, if you've got any connections or you've got a few million dollars in the bank you've been holding on to for such a time as this, brother and sister, this is your moment all right this is your time but uh but i just want you to know seriously i I say that tongue-in-cheek but with all my heart i just ask you to pray because uh i i don't want to get somewhere and do something and any of us be able to take credit for it i don't want us to be able to get up and say man what a what a great thing that happened because of brandon what a great thing that happened because of franklin or what a great like i want us to be able to get together and go wow only god could have pulled that off Thank you, Lord, so that he gets all the glory and credit. Amen. You guys want to go to a church like that? And so I want to be a part of a church like that. So let's take a moment and let's just pray and ask God to give us wisdom and favor in our city. All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, just for um, your timing. Lord, your timing is perfect. You are completely sovereign. Lord, the mayor doesn't own this city, the city of Fredericksburg. Uh, city councils, uh, county governments they don't own uh, the city. The government doesn't own the city of Fredericksburg. Lord, you own the city of Fredericksburg. Lord, you are um, the, the ruler and the authority over all things. And so, Lord, thank you so much that your word makes it clear that the church is not a building. And Lord, that um, we know, Father, and we uh, trust that as we go, Lord, that we just can't wait to have another place on Sunday mornings uh, to worship. But Lord, we also know that throughout the week, we are going to continue meeting in our homes, making disciples, breaking bread, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching. Um, Lord, we know that that's going to continue to happen. And so we just give you thanksgiving. So, Lord, now we do uh, pray and ask, God, that you would receive all glory from this situation. Lord, that people would look even at how you did it, and they could not not worship you, Lord. That, That we will have to worship you because of how amazing and wonderful that you are and how perfect you are. And so, Lord, we just pray now that the right doors would open, that you'd put us where you want us and give us opportunities not to advance the name of Impact Church, but to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the, our neighborhoods, throughout Northern Virginia, and throughout the nations for the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree, say amen. 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 All right. Hey, um, you guys have your Bibles. And uh, you are at Genesis chapter 1 with me today. We are launching a brand new sermon series I'm so excited about. um, And we are calling it Genesis. And uh, anybody know what book we're going to be in? Genesis. Genesis. Very good, very good. Um, And so we are going to be in the book of Genesis just over the course of the next few weeks. It's going to be a little bit different of a series for us. Um, because normally we like to take books of the Bible and we like to go word by word, verse by verse, to make sure we really understand it. And, uh, and so for Genesis, Genesis is a really big book. And it would literally take us two or three years um, to do any sort of justice to the book of Genesis. And I'm not saying it's not worthy for us to do that. Um, I'm just saying as a new church and in a transient area, we have people in and out. And uh, I want to make sure that we get what we need to be fully developed followers of Jesus, okay? And so what we're going to do is we're going to do more of what, a, like a survey of the book of Genesis, okay? God's word, this isn't story time with Pastor Brandon, like um, this, is, this is, we're still going to teach that way. It's just we, I just wanted to tell you because I don't want to get your emails, we might see Skip your favorite story of the Bible, okay? And listen, it is not on purpose, all right? And I don't want like you dropping stuff in the on your response card, like please pray, Pastor Brandon will teach on the Tower of Babel, it's my favorite story, or make sure Pastor Brandon teaches on this obscure story uh, in Genesis because it was my great grandmother's favorite, and you know, like I don't. Okay, I understand we're not going to be able to get to everything, but what we want to do is we want to highlight what I think um, we really need to know to be able to fully follow jesus all right um and then and then what i hope will happen is that throughout this journey for the next month or so that we're in genesis that you will follow along in your own personal study so the things that we didn't get to maybe you'll be able to go okay he stopped at this verse let me just pick back up and read throughout the week and so if you're like man i've been needing to read my bible i just don't know where to start well anybody know what the word genesis means the beginning, and what a great place to start than the beginning, and you can just pick up where we leave off on Sunday, so I want to encourage you guys with that, but that's what we're going to be doing, um, and, and here's, here's what I love. Is we're going to be talking about some things that a lot of us are familiar with, and a lot of us have heard, because there are some of us in this church that grew up going to Sunday school. I don't even know, raise your hand if you've heard the phrase Sunday school before. Okay, most everybody has, because even if you're not religious or you're new to church, you probably got drugged to Sunday school. Or if you were like me and grew up in the Bible Belt, some obscure man driving a broken-down church bus picked you up to take you to Sunday school, and your parents were okay with that. Like, it's a, it's amazing, right? And so I've, We've come a long way as a society, even though that's still probably happening in, in some places. Um, but I just want you to know, nobody's coming to your house to pick you up in a broken down van to bring you to church, all right? You are still responsible to get here, but a lot of us grew up in Sunday school uh, knowing uh, these stories frontwards, backwards, and here's what's Here's what's good about that. What's good about that is you have these stories embedded in you that you can share with other people. What's bad about that is it's probably been a minute since you've actually read the story for yourself. So you're literally going off of what like some old preacher or some sweet lady in your Sunday school class taught you about the Bible without actually reading the Bible for yourself. And so we are going to actually take the time to read these stories from the Bible um, to, to remind ourselves of the goodness. So, um, but here's the deal. We have people in our church who have never heard some of these stories before. Like we have people in our church who have been following Jesus for like two weeks Three weeks tops, people who aren't following Jesus yet, but are trying to learn how to follow him and what that looks like. And um, and so I just ask, like, let's all take it from a fresh perspective. All right. I don't want you if you're new to the Bible um, and you're joining us in this series. Like, I don't want you to feel like you're the only person in the room who's never Heard this story, all right? Um, because I can guarantee you, there may be people sitting beside you who have heard this story, but they haven't heard this story the way God presented this story, all right? And so I just want to encourage you: you're not the only person in the room that hasn't heard this story. And for those of you who have heard it, man, can we just can we just ask God to give us fresh hearts and fresh ears to put some of these preconceived notions away of stories that we've learned in Sunday school? Um, and really try to hear them for the first time. So I want you to imagine today, even if you've been following Jesus for decades or even just a few months, I want to ask you today, would you just, throughout this series, would you try to listen to God's Word as if you're hearing it for the first time, right? Um, Jesus says, you cannot come to me unless you come to me like a child. And children are so awesome because if you're a teacher, you know, and I, I want you to know, I know the reason that you're a teacher. There's only one reason you're a teacher in this type of day and age, all right? Because yeah, being a teacher is hard. The reason you're a teacher is because you get to see the light bulb moments, right? That's the whole reason. Like there ain't nothing else that gets you out of bed to show up to uh, Stafford County, Spotsylvania County, Fredericksburg City, public schools. There ain't nothing that gets you out of bed other than to, an opportunity to see a light bulb go off in a child's life because they just heard something for the first time that made sense. Am I right? And, uh, and so here's the, here's the thing. Like, guys, let's try to treat God's word that way. Even if we've heard it, let's ask God to give us a light bulb moment, to give us something that, that we go, man, I've heard that a million times, but this was new for me. Like, I got this, and it rejuvenated my relationship with God, all right? Um, so let me share with you guys just a few things about um, the book of Genesis, um, just as an introduction. I'm not going to do this every week, but just kind of want to tell you a little bit about the book that we're going to be reading in and what you can expect Um, in the messages in these series, all right? So uh, the book of Genesis, anybody know who wrote the book of Genesis? If you do, just shout it out. No, God did. Okay, God wrote the book of Genesis. I knew I'd get you. I knew I'd get you. God wrote Genesis, but he used Moses to to print it, all right? Um, So never mistake that. And this is so important, okay? Because a lot of times, even as Christians, we try to excuse certain parts of God's word because we say things like, well, that was written by the Apostle Paul. Well, that was written by Moses. But I want you to know that at this church, we believe this was written by God. That when this speaks, God speaks. Okay? Not a man's opinion, not a historical narrative that, that now we have more technology and we've debunked and believe it's not true. We believe that when this book speaks, God speaks. Okay? Um, and we, we do that with context, but we believe that. Okay? Um, and so, yes, it was written by Moses, but um, written by God through Moses. And, and uh, Genesis... A lot of people, if I say, what is Genesis about? You go, oh, it's about this, and it's got this story and this story. But here's what I want you to know, and if you're taking notes, you write this down. Make sure you understand this, because we're going to go back to this every single week. Genesis, the topic of Genesis is it's all about God. Okay? Genesis is all about God. Even if we're talking about Noah, or we're talking about Abraham, or we're talking about Joseph, we're literally actually talking about God. Okay? The whole book of Genesis is to point us to who God is. Even though there's lots of good stories about different heroes of the faith in Genesis, it's actually all about God. Um, and then here's what else you need to know is that everything except the first chapter is actually all to give us a historical account. Because none of us, including the people who first read the book of Genesis when, when God first wrote it through Moses, none of them were around when any of the book of Genesis happens, all right? So it is to give us an historical account of the world and God and what happens, all right? Um, so the first chapter is not as much historically written, and we're going to read that one today, so I'll save that for a minute. Um, and then here's the other thing. In this series, we are not going to answer all of your questions, Oh, I know. It's really sad. You are going to have a lot of questions, okay? And if you do, um, feel free to shoot me an email, all right? And I would love to get back with you. You can write down my email. If you don't have it, make sure you write it down. It's wes at impactfxbg.church. And uh, you send all correspondence there, and you should hear back within 24 hours all of life's questions, okay? Um, but you're going to have, have many questions as we go throughout this passage that I'm just not gonna be able to answer for you. And some of it is I'm not gonna be able to answer it because it's for the sake of time. Because I really want you to fall more in love with God. I want you to learn more about God. And I I don't I'm not gonna chase I'm gonna try not to chase many rabbits. You see how I corrected and try not to lie in church. I'm gonna try not to chase many rabbits and so that means I may not answer all of your questions, um, but also, like, there are some questions there are just not answers to, and nothing has taught me that more than fathering an, eight, an almost eight-year-old uh, who, on the way to church, has all of life's questions about God's Word, and today, on the way to church, we tackled the Trinity, so, um, yep yeah exactly yeah yeah we got it all straightened out so no worries um so i just want you to know we're not going to be able to i'm being sarcastic we're not going to we're not going to be able to answer all of the questions um some of you i know have really deep theological questions what happened to the dinosaurs right like what what on earth happened you're going to want to know that today um how old is the earth right? It was big topics, big debates about that. Were Adam and Eve real people, or was this like a, you know, illustration? If they were real, how long did they live? And just for uh, sake of debate, I I believe they were absolutely real, but I'm not going to get into all of that, all right? Um, How much of the earth did the flood cover, and how much does science involve in that? So there's going to be all of these questions that you maybe always wondered. So let me give you a couple of encouragements, okay? Number one, don't Google it. All right? Because um, if you Google it, or if you do Google it, check some sources. All right? Don't just blindly tap on the first article and believe what you read. Also, know that God leaves room, oh, you're going to hate this, for mystery. God leaves room for mystery. And that's okay. That is why God tells us to seek Him, to get to know Him as much as we can. And so, this is not about answering all of these questions questions that you and I may have, this is about learning who God is and what his plan is for us, all right? So Genesis chapter one, let me give you the context behind this, and this is my favorite um, because the context is there is no context, all right? This is the beginning, all right? This is it. Um, And so, but what I do want to let you know is that Genesis chapter one is actually meant to be read as worship that it was probably written in the original Hebrew language as, um, I wouldn't go as far as to say a song, but definitely a poem, all right? So, so it's written very beautifully, very eloquently. And to be honest with you, our English language just doesn't do it justice. Like, it's just not good enough. Um, but what would happen is, is they would take this chapter for centuries and centuries, and they would, uh, as the Jewish people would have festivals they would read Genesis chapter 1 at some of their festivals and even in their times of worship. And, and it's even parts of Genesis 1 is included in the book of Psalms, which is when I believe they started putting music to it and singing it. And now you notice we have songs about creation, some of that we sang this morning. And, and so, so this, what we're going to read today, is, is meant to be worshipful. It is meant to make you stand back in awe of who God is. And what's amazing is that sometimes in church, we have made Genesis chapter 1 such a a duh moment, like a, yeah, I know it's there, Brandon, Genesis 1, like, yeah, I know, we don't need to read that, that we have lost the wonder of it. We have lost the worship of Genesis chapter 1. And so today, church, I want us to regain the heart of worship behind Genesis chapter 1 and, and what God meant through it. Now, Genesis chapter 2, we pick up a more historical account. But how cool is it that the Bible literally starts with worship? That's how it starts. The Bible begins with worship. The Bible doesn't begin with checklists, it doesn't begin with, it begins in an act of worship. And so that's how we're going to read it today. All right? Um, So we're going to start off today with what I believe are the five most important words in the bible okay i believe that without these five words that we're not going to get very far all right so genesis chapter one verse one let's all get there if you're there say "I'm i'm there all right great genesis chapter one verse one here we go in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth you guys heard that before isn't that amazing i want you to take a look at the first five words of the bible in the beginning god created because here's the deal all of those questions we talked about that you might have about creationism and about you know uh, long you know uh, old earth and new earth and all of these questions that you may have really can all be summed up in the first five words of the bible in the beginning god created And after that, like, I don't want you to lose the simplicity of your faith. I'm not trying to tell you don't dig in. I'm not trying to tell you don't search for answers and seek the Lord. I'm not trying to tell you to do that. If that's your thing, man, go for it. The church will be edified because of it. Like, I'm not encouraging you to take your thinking caps off. I'm encouraging you that with your thinking caps to be stirred emotionally to know that the first five words of the Bible set the tone for our entire relationship with God. In the beginning, God created. And if you can't get past that, nothing else matters. Like, nothing else matters but everything that we try to seek in the book of Genesis will be summed up by the first five words of the Bible. So let's take a look at those. And I want to take a look at those first five words. And then we're going to kind of end our time today just by reading chapter 1 all at one time, the way it was meant to be read in a way of worship. Okay? So let's talk about these, these first five words. So the first are the first three, right? In the beginning. And that word beginning... Literally means eh, at some point. Okay? That's literally what it means because everyone can go, yes, but when was the beginning? You know, was the beginning here or there or everywhere? And literally, it starts with not just in the beginning. People go, when is the beginning? At some point. Okay? That's literally what it means, is at some point. The reason behind this is really important because it means that God has always existed. It means that while there was a beginning to heaven and earth, there was no beginning to God. God has always existed. There is never a time that God has never existed and has not been in full control over all things. The Lord God has always existed. So That word, in the beginning, is more than just a fairy tale start. Once upon a time, okay? Sometimes that's how we read it, but I want you to know what it really means is at some point, We don't know when. Like even Moses, who was no doubtedly closer to this side than we are, right, did not know. And just says at some point, because it doesn't matter. What matters is God existed. God has always been. He always was. He is now. And he always will be. All right, so that is in the beginning. But then we get to the word God. So in the beginning, God. Everyone say God in the beginning, God. And that Hebrew word for God is actually Elohim. And uh, Elohim is a proper name for God, okay? It's kind of like um, some of you, uh, instead of just saying, hey, Brandon, you would call me Pastor Brandon, right? It's kind of an official official name, a, a title, right? Pastor Brandon, instead of just my personal name, Brandon. And Elohim is that. It's kind of an official title or proper name, for God. And um, here's what I want you to know about God. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this. This is what we get from the book of Genesis and also through the Bible narrative as a whole. Um, Number one, we believe that God is the Trinity. We believe God is the triune God. Tri just meaning three. So we believe the Lord our God is one and, and he exists in three persons. And, uh, and I'm not going to break that down. And here's the reason I'm not going to is because I have no idea how to do that. I don't know how it works. And every time in Bible class or seminary that I would try to, try to um, explain what the Trinity was, I always committed some sort of heresy. And so I'm not going to attempt to do that, especially now that we're live streaming. I'm not going to do that. But... Um, here's what I want you to know, again, for today's sake, okay? I'm happy to go to coffee with you. I'm not trying to make light of, of deep theology. I'm happy to go to coffee with you and talk, but for today's sake, man, I want us to worship the fact that our God is one, but he exists in three persons. That he is God, but he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All perfectly one, and you're going to see the Trinity. and you, And some people go, Brandon, the Trinity uh, is not the word. Trinity is not in the Bible, and you're right. The word Trinity is not, but the existence of the Trinity is all throughout Scripture, and you're going to see it starting in chapter one. Okay, we're going to read it in a little bit. So I want you to know that He is a Trinity God. Number two, I want you to know that God created out of nothing. Notice it says in the beginning, God. Not in the beginning. With his creation, God. In the beginning, in heaven, God. No, none of that. In the beginning, with the angels, God. None of that. In the beginning, God. Okay? God created out of nothing. So this is where we get to go, man, I don't know, was it a a big bang or a little bang or a small bang or a quiet bang or a loud bang? I don't know, but all I know is there was nothing and then God created something right? Isn't that amazing? Like in the beginning, there was nothing but God. Like just God. And then the third thing I want you to know is that God has always existed. He is omnipresent. And when we say he's omnipresent, that doesn't mean he's just in this room and he's in the kids' ministry and he's outside protecting your car and he's uh, out in the hedges building a hedge of protection. Like That's not what it means, okay? What I'm, trying, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, is that God is omnipresent, meaning he was in the beginning and always has been, and he is here now, and he is already in the future. He is not bound by any source of time. And so when we hear things like in the beginning, we immediately want to put a time construct. God does not work in time constructs. Okay? Um, God has always existed. So in the beginning, God, and what's the fifth word? Created. In the beginning, God created. And this is really cool because the, the Hebrew word for created is bara. And I'm, I'm not going to, Speak it like the language because it's kind of gross. But um, Barah, it literally means God creates everything out of nothing. So that word created literally means God created everything out of nothing. For us, we just hear created and then we start to ask a bunch of questions. Well, what does it mean he created and how did he create and what did he create and yada, yada, yada. And really what this word in the Hebrew means is it means in the beginning God created everything out of nothing there was nothing so listen to me here's what i believe this is my opinion this is not from the bible but i want you to hear my opinion i do not believe that the bible and science are at odds together i believe science actually proves the bible and i believe the more we learn about science the more we can believe in faith the bible and, and again, this is my opinion, okay? But I, I sincerely believe that if you're one of those people that go, but science, but science, but science. Like, what if, what if there was a time science did not exist and God created it? See, guys, God created everything out of nothing. There was a time that in the beginning, not science, God. In the beginning, God. And God created this, Right? So these are good gifts for us to, to have, all right? Um, and uh, yeah, and so I'll just kind of uh, remind you, there's a, <clears throat> from the uh, Westminster Catechism, um, it kind of answers the question, the catechism kind of goes through and speaks some truths and kind of a, a certain way to help you remember it. And um, in the Westminster Catechism, it asks the question, why did God create us? And, uh, and the answer of the Westminster Catechism is, To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And so in the beginning God created, that includes you and me. In the beginning we were created, but why? If God perfectly existed in Himself, and again, not from God's Word, but from um, the Westminster Catechism, kind of summing up what we read in all of Scripture, the answer would be, why did God create us? To glorify Him and to enjoy Him forever. The end of verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That means literally, like, we get bound up and go, Oh, we created the heavens, but what are the heavens and the earth? Listen, what this literally means in the Hebrew language is He created everything from A to Z. Everything you know of as creation, God created it. There is nothing that you know that God did not personally, intentionally create. So Genesis' creation is not so much about the specific details of how the world was created, but who God is, why he created the world, and what that means for us. And so here's what we're going to do. We are going to take a moment, and we are going to actually read through Genesis chapter 1 together. I'm going to read it, but I want it, I want it to be a time of worship for us. So, Wes, could we go ahead and... Um, I'll just have Wes come up for now, but uh, we'll call the rest of the worship team up in a second. But I want us to kind of end today by reading this, and then what I want to do is I want to come up, or not come already up here, but I want to I finish reading, and then I want to explain to you where we see Jesus in this passage, because I want you to know that Jesus is, is present even in the beginning. He is not some philosopher that rabbi who came onto the scene that we were manipulated by. He is fully God, and he was here in the beginning, and I want you guys to see that. So um, if you have a Bible, um, let's go to Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 2 since we already read verse 1. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and darkness He called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day. And then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse and it was so. God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land the earth and the waters that were gathered together He called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and for years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And then there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures, every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and said, "Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply the earth. And there was evening, and then there was morning, and that was the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. Listen to this. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God looked and saw, and it was good. Then God said, let us, this is the Trinity, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and the livestock over the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man, listen to this, in His own image. In the image of God, He created us. Male and female, He created us. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, every bird of the heavens, to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath. Can you just take a deep breath right now? Everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything He made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all of the work He had done. So God blessed the seventh day, And He made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all of His work that He had done in creation. The Word of the Lord. So what does this teach us about creation? And about God? God's creation reveals to us about God, number one, His glory. God is glorious. The word glory means to make the most significant, to give the center stage. And, brother and sister, when we read throughout creation, we see that God is the center stage of creation. Not us, not the wildebeest or the hippos. God. He is glorious, He is the creator of all things. Number two, we learn creation reveals to us about God that He is worthy. That God is worthy to be praised. Anybody else just feel like your bones are going to explode? You just need to, you need to praise God for all that He has created and made? What do you do? You can return nothing. You can, you can draw no picture. You must just praise Him. God's creation reveals to us about God that He is wise and creative. That God is perfect in His plan. I I would have just created a sun. God created a sun and a moon. And stars. I would have just created land. He created water too. God is wise and perfect and knows everything. And and God is creative. He gave it color. And created seasons. Because He knew I would get bored. And he, He was creative and created all of this to work together. We learn about God's creation reveals to us about God that God is powerful. Notice, all of this was created not by hand gesture, but by spoken word. Sometimes we ask for God's hand, but brother and sister, do you not know that it is His word that is power? Some of us have a hard time reading our Bibles. And I think it's because if we, if we looked at it as God's Word, the same Word that created the fireballs in the sky, the same Word that created creatures we are still discovering thousands of years later, the same Word that created the cells in your body is right here. Or on this thing you carry around in your pocket. Guys, the same Word that did all of this is available to us, to speak to us, and has the same power and authority. Man, if He can create mountains, man, how many of you know He can move some in our lives? And He can do it with His words, with His voice. The last thing we learn about that God's creation reveals to us about God is that God has a Son, and His name is Jesus. I want you to know this about Jesus. Number one, all of creation points to Jesus. All of creation points us to Jesus. When you see something, when you notice a sunset, when you notice the leaves becoming more green, when you notice the power of a thunderstorm, you are reminded of the full power and authority that was given to Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17 says, He is the image of of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. And he is before all of them. And in him all of these things are being held together. The only reason the universe has not disbanded Jesus, here's what else we learn about Jesus, is that Jesus has power over creation. Jesus has power over creation. In Matthew 14, 25-33, I'm not going to read it to you, but we hear the story of in the middle of a storm, the disciples were scared, and, and Jesus came to them to meet them in their fear, and he, and he man, he, he, he rocked it, because He didn't just like appear. He came walking on the water. Because nature obeys Him. I can't even do a rain dance that's effective. And Jesus walks on the waves, and when He looks at the storm, He says, stop. And the storm, the clouds, the cells, the, the science, the weather, the raindrops, the thunder, the lightning, the sea, it all listened to Him and obeyed Him. Man, if this Jesus has power over creation, how much more is He Lord over us? For we are yet but creation. The last thing I want you to know is that one day Jesus is coming back to make all of creation new. As beautiful as creation is, brother and sister, we are experiencing creation under the weight of sin. The creation we experience is in a sinful world. I want you to imagine if we see such beautiful sunrises and sunsets on earth now, what were they like in the Garden of Eden? If we see such amazing rainbows now, what was it like by the time we get to Genesis chapter 6 and 7? Guys, we live in a fallen world. And so Jesus, in the same way that he came and gave his life to redeem our lives, He gave His life to take your sin and forgive it so that you can be redeemed and come back into the creation of the purpose God created for you originally. See, our sin separated us from God and we were born into it, but Jesus came and He he died so that all who believe in Him can come out of their sin and begin a process of being restored until one day we see Him face to face and are made totally new. And one day Jesus is going to come back and he's not going to just do that for us. He's going to do that for all of creation. A new earth, new sun, new skies, new heaven. It's all going to be new for us. Revelation 21, 23 says, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the Lamb the Lamb is Jesus. One day, we will have no more sun or moon because we will dwell in the glory of God that will satisfy all longings. This week on Facebook, I posted a question and just said, hey, show me a picture of your favorite God's creation. And these are some of the pictures that came up. I tried to find some of the ones that some of you guys posted. And, uh, I look at some of that and some of it's silly and some of it's... But it's all beautiful. It's all created by God. And I look at that and I want you to remember the reason God gave us this creation so that we will worship Him. God gave us His creation so that we might worship Him. And so today as the the rest of the worship team comes up, I want to ask you, is there anything you need to repent of today that you have been worshiping other than the Creator? See, God doesn't want us to worship His creation. God wants us to worship the Creator of His creation. And He is Creator God. Guys, Jesus didn't die to give us a relationship with Mother Earth. Jesus died to give us a relationship with the creator of earth. God himself. And so is there anything in this life that you have been worshiping other than the creator? It doesn't have to be just nature. It could be money, jobs, accolades. Is there anything we need to repent of The second thing I want to encourage us to do is to enjoy this intimacy that Creator God has given to us. That you literally get a relationship with God who created the heavens and the earth. And everything we read today is from a God who wants to be known by you. He is not hiding from you. He cannot wait for you to see him and find him and know him and experience the joy of his presence. And that all is possible through trusting in Jesus. And the last thing I want to encourage you is, man, who is someone that you need to be inviting these next few weeks to church, to your community group, to come and be a part and and not not just be church, but to hear the whole story of who God is to start at the basics and go, man, this is who God is, and I want you to know who God is. Are there people in your lives that you have a heavy burden for that need a place of healing, a place of freshness, and a place to start with? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let's pray together. Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church sermon podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.